0: The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Thanks for downloading the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emma's Kennedy, and I am delighted to say that I am joined by my partner in crime. After an absence, after a holiday, after an appearance on ITV, it is Mr. Kevin Blake.
1: Yeah, see, the, the chat around the place was that I was gone on the holidays, but what really happened is there was a breakdown in the negotiations for my contract, uh, and, yeah, it, it was tough times, lads, but I, I got the money in the end, so I'm
0: back. Kevin, 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 you can't cut. cut Producer D, cut that out. Cut that out. You can't, be, you can't be going public with that. Do you really want everyone knowing that you did an Ashley Cole? A man
1: has to do what a man has to do. <sighs> Uh, So you were over there. There was even there was even I even sent out some rumors that I was moving to a rival podcast and everything. You got to play all the tricks, Kennedy. If you're gonna if you're gonna get paid,
0: a rival podcast. What what Uh, rival podcast? Oh yeah, sorry.
1: There there is no rival podcast, (laughs) is
0: there? Oh oh, oh, no! Oh no! (laughs) Well, just just for everyone's clarity and just for the sake of it, it was Kevin that actually uttered that phrase. I just teed him up for it. All right, let's get to our review of the week's racing. Uh, First of all, you were at Chester, which has been signed by Sky Sports Racing. Uh, You were there for ITV on the Friday. They've changed things around, Kevin. How did you enjoy it? Have you been there before, and what did you think?
1: I was there once about eight or nine years ago, so it had been a long time, and I was there in a very different capacity than when I was there um, the other day. It's just a super track. It's a fun place to be. Um, you're right on top of the action you know if you haven't been there as a, as a race scorer um, it's worth the spin over um you know it's all very it's compact you know they pack it out for pretty pretty much every meeting they stage there like it's very very popular um and just a lot of fun and it, it was great to be there the weather was reasonable the day i was there on friday i think it was very good the two previous days um good racing good action a lot of fun. Yeah, all for it.
0: Great stuff. It does look uh, a fantastic track. I haven't been there yet, but uh, I'm very much hoping that it's it's one on the list, Kevin. It's definitely one on the list that I've got to go see. It was Robert Sangster's favorite track as well, so that's another reason why it, I'd love to go see it. Let's briefly touch on some of the racing so that you were covering on Friday. Um, War Decree and Forest Ranger were second and first in the Huxley Stakes with eminent well-held uh well held, basically, the highly regarded Frankel, who was really talked up last season, um, th- was this a case of him just blowing up on his debut? Uh,
1: I think he came back with with a heart issue oh, um, no. which hopefully which hopefully won't hold him back too much going forward. It can be it can be one of those things that just happens and it never happens again. so hopefully that'll be the case here. He didn't look hard fit now. He did look like he come on from the run, to be fair to um, jason weaver he he called that on air beforehand and, and Luke Harvey was expressing some worries about him down at the start that he, he was he was blowing, you know, having gone down to the start, which is you know, unexpected. Mm. But he, he completely bombed out, a very disappointing effort. Um, but Forrest Ranger, a horse that struggles to get to get uh, recognition. And I've been guilty as that as much as much as anyone. But he's gonna want a group two here, um a career best effort, having produced a, a career best effort, I almost certainly on his return. Um, Look, he's clearly a horse that's going the right way, and they'll look to go into Group 1 company now, I'd imagine, and while he'll need to find a little bit more, um, I'm going to stop underestimating him a little bit, because he keeps improving a little bit, and uh, fair play to Richard Fahey, he looks to have a replacement stable star for Ripchester, maybe not, he's not quite at that level yet, but he's edging his way up along, to be fair to him.
0: It is, though, very important that Richard Fahey's got Group 1 class horses. And while he may not be a Group 1 winner, he's definitely going to be a Group 1 contender at some stage. So uh, I would be very much in, in agreement with you there. And it's uh, fantastic to see Richard Fahey winning a big one. War degree. coming back from Dubai. What did you make of his run? He was well-backed.
1: Yeah, he was. He ran, look, he ran fine. He ran fine. Um, he's going to need to step up if he's going to compete in, in Group 1s. He'd been highly tried. And um, this was probably close enough to his career best effort. You know, I know that they, they you know, they obviously hoped he's capable of better than this. You know, given the the assignments he's been given in uh, in recent months. But uh, yeah, he just needs to find some improvement because right now he's looking like a like a Group Three slash Group Two horse rather than a, a Group One horse. Yeah, you- um, I have to I have to give a quick shout to Gabriel as well back in third. Um, you know, was ridden very quietly, ridden to pick up the pieces. But he's just a super horse. He, he's nine years old. He he won a Chester as a two-year-old. He, he's from the very first crop of Dark Angel, <laughs> you know. So he has been around an awful long time. He, he's ran seventy-nine times, I see here in front of me. Fab, he's just a fabulous racehorse. He, he'd be near enough a millionaire, um, if you converted it to euros. And he's just a super horse. I really like him. He, does, he doesn't win all that often
0: nowadays, but he's a smashing horse. Yeah, and that's a, that's a nice thing to do, Kevin, to highlight him as well, because uh, he's he's a consistent horse, to say the least. Um, just finally on Wardecree, if he's going to do well this season, and the decision to keep him in training suggests that they think there's something there, will it be going on the international circuit, do you think?
1: Well, I, I think so. You know, I think so. They tried dirt with him. Um, at the Breeders' Cup, and it didn't really work out. You know, maybe they could explore that again. Maybe, um, I don't know. You know, to me, at the minute, he looks like one that might fall between, and uh, that awkward space between being able to compete in a Group One, and you know, Group Three class. I think he's just in that zone. He's rated hundred and twelve, and yeah, it's just uh, you, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting him in um into my tracker so put it to you that way he might struggle to find a winning gap there in the near future
0: ah sure these war fronts don't train on at all kevin really? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's got to be quiet now hasn't it that's a statistic that was absolutely blown to pieces at uh, the feature race on the friday that you were covering uh, saw magic circle a horse that we've talked about a lot on the podcast and i absolutely love uh, switching yards, he's gone to Ian Williams, 209 days off making his debut for the yard. Uh, he'd run a fine race from a bad draw in it last year, and he got his due reward in a big race. He's deserved this.
1: Yeah, look, this was just a fine piece of training. You know, everyone knew what was going on, everyone knew that he was bought with this very race in mind. He'd run very, very well in it last year from stall, 18. You know, and and not even not even just that. You know, he met trouble in running as well. So it it was a big big run. He had a three pound higher mark here, and while it was a it was an odd sort of race, like they they seemed to go quick early and then steady it down. It was it was a funny race to watch. But Fran Berry, to be fair to him, despite, you know, Ryan Moore took off when the pace steadied. Ryan Moore took off from a bad position, with a view to making up ground mid race, and, you know, I, I can only imagine trying to put myself into the other jockeys' heads that were around Ryan Moore at the time. When you see Ryan go, and everyone knows that he's, he's a fabulous judge and a tactician, when you see him go, that must have put so much doubt in, in everyone else's head. And Fran, I thought, showed a lot of confidence to stay where he was and, and stick to his plan to, to deliver quite late. And um, look, the horse is absolutely bolted up. You know, he's bolted up. Um, But I, I thought it was a nice piece of riding with Fran. Uh, fine training performance by Ian Williams. Not the only fine training performance because just whatever it was, half an hour earlier, he did much the same with, with Restorer. A horse, these two horses between them cost about a hundred grand at the horses and training sales there in October, November. Um, and to deliver them to Chester on the day that clearly matters most to his owner, uh, Maroon and Kukash, and that to get them both to win, you know, over a hundred grand between them um, is a, a frankly very very impressive piece of training for me and Williams and he seemed delighted on the day and uh, as he should be he can be very proud of what he's achieved with those two horses no matter if they never run another inch but uh, I suspect we'll we'll be hearing plenty more about both of them especially Magic Circle who's now going to be whose handicap days are now well and truly over and he'll be going into group company and looks like Ian has found a bit of improvement in him and who knows he could find a little bit more
0: yeah, 100%. Um, as you said, I don't necessarily think it's going to bother the owner too much. Um, they've got the job done, and that's what's important to them. And that's, they've had their fun, and that's all that matters. Uh. <laughs> and the
1: thing is, like, people, you know, at around the time of year of the horse and trading sales, there'll always be lots of comments about, oh, how did that make that much money? And, oh, that was a bargain. Like, horse and training sales are absolute minefields. Because it's one thing to look at a horse's form and say, oh, geez, he looked great value or he looked very expensive. You're only the, the, the form of the book is only a small part of the evidence that goes into horse and training sales. Vets and uh, vet reports and just how sound the horse is, 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 is a huge part. And it, it's a hard they can be a very hard place to get value. And you'll hear about the. The, the ones that work out, obviously, but you don't hear about the ones that don't work out, and they are far more numerous than than the ones that that work out well. And to go to a horse and training sale and buy um, a horse rated, Restorer was rated, let me see, 95 when he was bought, a Magic Circle was, was rated well up in the 90s as well. Mm-hmm. And to spend just 100 grand, and I say just 100 grand, it's clearly a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money for horses rated that highly. I know both of them are a little bit older, but to 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 buy the two of those and to deliver them to the big day to win two valuable handicaps, you know I, I I'm just really impressed by it. I thought it was a fantastic piece of buying, uh, and then a fantastic piece of training, um, lashed in on top of it to to achieve what what those two horses did and um, take a bowie and Williams because that, that was I was super impressed with that.
0: Well said, Kevin Blake. Well said. Fantastic training performance. As you alluded to, his owner is not necessarily going to care too much about him going up in the ratings but now that he is out of handicap contention could he make it in the stairs because the stairs races have suddenly become an awful lot more valuable could he be a contender in in group staying races
1: oh i think so I, i'd imagine he'll be 110 plus after this so you know that puts him in the mix he stays well and there's no reason why he couldn't go for an ascot gold cup uh, perhaps and i'm not sure why not why not have a go um, he's Ian Williams has already squeezed, you know, a nice bit of improvements out of him at one attempt. I know I'm sure he would have been, re- you know, very much ready to rock in fitness terms, but he won't need to improve loads more to, to run well in a race like that. And yeah, kick on, have a go, why not?
0: Well, we might as well talk about stairs then, because Idaho apparently has ripped up the script for Aidan O'Brien having won the uh, Ormond Stakes at Chester. Uh, he won by three and a half lengths. He's a full brother to Highland Reel the highest money-earning horse in the history of... Uh, is it the history of racing or the history of European racing? All-time money-earner. Uh, history
1: of bally Doyle, for sure.
0: I think it's the history of European racing as well. I think he holds the record. Don't know. Don't
1: take your word for it. I'm not
0: sure. I think he does. Uh, anyway, Idaho has not quite lived up to his expectations. Uh, but his five-year-old campaign uh, may very well see him develop into a Group 1 contender... Is he going to be a cup horse in the back of this or is he going to be a middle distance horse?
1: I don't know. You know, I've been kind of giving Aiden a squeeze there for the last two years at the start of the last two seasons about the potential for this fella to go two miles. And he's been very reluctant every time. And he, he was this spring as well. And You know, they've give, they've given him a bit of a taste here. Kind of, you know, just short of um, just short of a mile six, probably closer to a mile five. And, you know, he's obviously come home very well. I thought he was given a, a, a well... A very good tactical ride by Ryan Moore. He was well. He was he was he was a little bit helped by Sean Levy and Daniel Kodiak. Now I thought, um, Sean maybe had the opportunity to keep to, to keep the box seat for himself and leave Idaho out wide, but he he decided to go too wide, no cover, and uh, Ryan Moore took the the opportunity to get that box seat for himself, and it was a big help to him, I think, because he was just a little bit alive in his hands at the time, but he quickened now. He, he got the cut away and quickened up very well and the way he went and. You know as he should have done really in this group three um but I don't know I, I just I, I don't for some reason Aiden doesn't seem convinced about him about the prospect of him over two miles so you know I wouldn't be shocked if he if he went to something like the the coronation Cup maybe um obviously Capri would have been in mind for that and, and one or two others and have fallen by the wayside for the time being um so perhaps he'll go there but I don't, I'd be interested to see it because in my own mind I think his best opportunity to win a group one would be overstaying trips. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what they do. You know, he, he could be easily one that, that would be off on his travels again because I think, you know, Aiden has talked about the fact that it took, a, it took them a while to get this fellow's travel regime down. You know, I think they struggled with him a little bit in terms of settling and, and doing the right things when he was traveling. Um, whereas now I, I think that they seem more comfortable that they that they have him in a good place that way. So he could be off in his travels and running those big mile and a half races around America and Woodbine and places like that. You know that could be his job, but we'll we'll wait and see.
0: Obviously his brother was a top class globe trotter and and um, dominated ar- around the world and competed with the best and of course proves that Winx is indeed the greatest horse in the world by coming up short against her. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Welcome back to the <laughs> podcast, Kevin Blake. Um, but it is interesting that as a full brother, it's taken him a little bit of a, a while to be able to, to adapt. Um, I wonder if the reason that they're reluctant to go down the staying route is because they have a certain horse in training called Order of St. George.
1: Eh, maybe so. Maybe so. But I don't know. Aidan just, it just seems to have some re- He never he hasn't, you know, out and out said it, but he seems to have some thought in his head that, that, Makes him reluctant to try him over those trips, and you know he's not too often wrong. But it'd be int- it would be interesting to see him examined over two miles at least, and um, and you could you know everyone could assess him on that and see if he was going to end up to be an Ascot Gold Cup horse or what have you. But yeah, we- we'll see what happens with him. I-, yeah. I wouldn't have a bullish opinion either way on him.
0: Coronation Cup next.
1: Quite possibly, yeah.
0: It's a race that's falling apart too, with Enable unfortunately out until. Um, towards the end or middle of the season, which is a real shame. And, um, yeah, I Capri's think o- August time,
1: away. they're thinking yeah. at the at the earliest, you know, when they'd want to hit their marks fairly sharp. Now, she wouldn't want to have another hole up if she's going to uh, get back to the arc. So I don't think they'd like, excuse me, I don't think they'd like to send her to the arc without a run. So, you know, they'd want to be getting her back for the Yorkshire Oaks or something like that, I'd imagine, if they want to or maybe the judgment. That'd be fun. But I'd say the Orchard Oaks might be a more suitable comeback race for her, but we'll wait and see. It'd be a huge pity if we don't get to see her again this
0: season. It does remind you a bit of minding that they are superstars. Yeah. yeah. I know it's a different injury, but it's just the fact that if, if she could be ruled out for that length of time, then you wonder if they'll, if they'll think, "Eh, is it really worth actually risking her? Um, On the same day, Kevin Blake, the D Stakes, which has been won by Aidan O'Brien quite a few times. Uh, Rostropovich was chosen by Ryan Moore. He was a huge price the week before uh, leading up to it. He had run some good races on heavy ground in Ireland. We were there uh, at the Curra, on Irish St. Ledger Day when he ran in the uh, well, what ended up being a bit of a disappointing national stakes, particularly with Gustav Klimt being taken out, and he ran fine there. Uh, But on good ground he's shown a completely different side to things and is he going to be first of all i want your assessment of him in this race and secondly going forward is he an epsom horse and would he have a chance or is he more of a jockey club horse for france
1: and just to sum up what he did here i was actually quite impressed with him he was a horse that had a big reputation in the middle part of last season, and he didn't really do it. Um, like he, he's won a Group Two I and mean, been Group One place, but he didn't look anything too far out of the ordinary by the high standards of Ballydoyle. Um, but you know his comeback was fine, just fine on heavy ground at, at Paris Longchamp, if we're going to start calling it that. Um, but this was this was much better, and for me, it was the trip that did it. Um, you know, Ryan Moore, I suspect, wanted to be handier than than he he ended up being. But the horse just didn't quite have the toe to, to get him where he wanted to be early on. And Ryan rode, rode him beautifully, I thought. You know, he, he rode ballsy with a view to the cutaway. And um, it all opened up. And, and this horse exploded into the gap. And away he went. Big, long stride on him. Um, lovely horse. uh, And beat a horse that I like in my Lord and Master and beat him well. So you have to respect him. With a view to I, I personally I was looking forward to him going even further up in trip and um, further the Derby but um, we were in Ballydoyle this morning for a press morning and he was one of many that were talked about and it seems at this time they're more inclined towards uh, the preda jockey club for him okay and um, that seems to be the inclination um nothing no, none of the plans that would have been discussed this morning are, are set in stone you know it that was emphasized that this is just kind of Aidan's thoughts with, with a mixture of Ryan Moore's thoughts, Where but they haven't all sat around the big table or um, got everyone involved yet to make final decisions, but he seemed inclined towards the pre jockey club, so I'd say hold the old bets there for the, the derby, um, for the time being at least.
0: Here's a question for you. Has Aidan O'Brien ever won the pre jockey club? I don't think Gee. he has.
1: I think he might have. I'm going to... St- I almost said Aussie Rules, but that was the French Guineas. Was that was it? the
0: two. Th- yeah, that was their. Um, that was their version of the two thousand Guineas. Oh, no! Has he won it? Somebody call gonna Norville che- quickly.
1: Was I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to cheat and check.
0: Ah before.
1: no! Uh, I've no, I've no head for these things. Uh, I barely knew. I barely remember what happened yesterday. Let's see.
0: Well, the thing is, we don't uh, do this on the quiz. So to be fair. No, he hasn't won it. He hasn't won it. Yeah, I was thinking that. That's so, a bit mad, isn't it? So he'd be. I, I think. I think there's only a few. It's like the French Derby and the English Champion Stakes. He's gone close okay. in them, but he hasn't won them. Um, but he's dominated pretty much everything
1: Did, else. Uh, he hasn't
0: won the English Champion Stakes. No. Okay. I have to double check that
1: again now because I. I heard him hit Oratorio won that, but he probably he might have been placed in it.
0: Yeah, uh, Irish champion stakes, and then he, I think he placed in, in that, or maybe finished fifth or something like that. He disappointed anyway on the other day, I remember. Oh, okay, okay.
1: Um, it's a while ago now. Let's see, I have it here, hold on. I'll
0: have a fair old wager with you that Aidan O'Brien has never won the English champion stakes. Do, do, do. I'm not going
1: to take that wager. Uh, and You're right, why not?
0: Yeah, there you go. All right, so Rostropovich... A 1.1 million guineas purchase. To be fair to him, Kevin, can you scratch his two-year-old campaign because of the ground? And
1: um, I, I don't know if you can, because, you know, he, to be fair, he did have his chances to run on good ground. Um, not all the time, not in his biggest assignments, but he, he did, you know, his first three runs were on nice ground. Um, you'd excuse the debut, he won his maiden, and he was just a bit disappointing there one day at Nace. Mm. Um very disappointing. You know, I think there, there was plenty of chat about him now going into Nase. He was a proper horse, but he he ran fine, but he was just a bit disappointed. And then obviously he went to one as group two and eating soft and went on to the you know, it was too heavy for him in the national stakes. But um, I you can never scrap you can never scrap their two year old year, but I think he the the ground definitely helps him, but I think as much as anything the trip would help him. I think that you know these Frankles if if the trainers can keep a lid on and they stay you know, he was obviously had loads and loads of pace and his mother was very fast, but she was an absolute aberration in that family. He, he, he's from a very stout family, you mm-hmm. know, Powers Court and a couple of others, you know, that, that stayed very well. You know, his, his own mother is out of a rainbow, Quest Mare, you is know. He, is he a half-brother to a... Zofany? And this Rostrofrovic is, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. out of tyranny, yeah. Um, Jon Zofany was a miler, obviously, and Wilshire Boulevard as well
0: just interesting um, that Zoffany is the one who arguably with the exception of the mighty Cyrus got closest to beating Frankel
1: yeah but I, that's not down to Zoffany that was down to <laughs> oh, <for laughs> sure. a, 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 a horrendous ride by Tom Qualey on the day
0: that was <laughs> all I mean listen Tom you're a you're a good guy and you Obviously, a great career, but that was not one of your best days. That Uh, was,
1: I don't want to be be knocking him either, but I I will be surprised if in my life, and I hope to be around for a while yet, I see a worse winning ride than a group one.
0: Shocking, (laughs) absolutely shocking.
1: And and of course, some people will say, I said, no such thing as a bad winning ride, but those (laughs) people are talking out of their you know (laughs) where's.
0: Those those people clearly never saw uh, a certain owner who would ride his own horses uh, beat Richard Johnson in a bumper. Right, uh, let's move on and uh, talk (laughs) about a race that Aiden O'Brien has a terrific record in, including uh, going on to win the Derby in 2007. Um, He has won the race eight times since then, ruler of the world, Went on to win the derby and Wings of Eagles was second in the was race. Was that last 2007? Year. No, it wasn't, but since 2007. Oh, Jesus. Okay, you gave me a fright there. <laughs> Aiden, oh, God, no, we're not that old, Kevin. We're, although we're getting close to it. Uh, since 2007, Aidan O'Brien has won uh, eight runnings of the Chester Vaz. Uh, Ruler of the world went on to win the Derby in 2013. You're all right. There we go. You're all right. (laughs) I
1: was thinking I wasn't even close. (laughs)
0: We're we're taking the sweat off the brow straight away. Uh, And of course, Wings of Eagles was runner up in the race last year and would go on to go and uh, win on the day. Uh, Aidan O'Brien could only come up with third place here, though, as William Haggis' young rascal got the job done for James Doyle. Is he a genuine prospect for the Derby?
1: Um, I wouldn't have him as a win prospect myself. Um, but there was there was a lot to like about it. He had to weave a shade. Um, to me, he looked like a horse that stays very very well, notably well. And with that in mind, I, I came away from it thinking he might be a ledger horse. Okay. And I know that that's kind of, that can be a dirty word at times when you're dealing with classic trials, but um, that was my inclination. Um, with him. Um, he's by Intello. It was a big win for Intello.
0: Mm.
1: Um, but look, he was he was impressive in his maiden. But uh, the way he shaped here for me was just it just screamed stamina. You know, I think he he was struggling a small bit for early pace, just a shade. I think I think James Doyle wanted to be handy on him, but he just didn't quite have the pace to maintain that spot. And um, but the way he picked up when he when he got into the when he got into the open was impressive. If he runs in the derby, and I assume he will, because he's owned by Bernard Cantor, who, who's the main man um, at Investec, who obviously sponsored the race, I would just be a small bit worried about him at the track, um, especially if it's good to firm ground. He just lifts his knee, and I just in terms of the slight lack of early pace he showed at Chester combined with the way he moves, I'd just be a small bit worried about him coming down the hill. Um, it's, a, it's a small thing, but it is a thing. And that would be my thoughts on him. I think he could be a horse that um, Doncaster and the extended mile six might show the best effect. But
0: time will reveal all. Time discloses all, as the Curra clock says. Is it back up used, yet? Used to say. Used to say. Is I assume
1: it's back up. I. I haven't. I was obviously away. I didn't get to. Uh, I didn't get to go racing there. Uh, the other day, the reports, the pictures look lovely.
0: Yeah, they do. Um,
1: I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to going there for the Irish Guineas meeting.
0: As am I. Um, yeah, sure
1: and, and I look out for that clock. So I was fond of that clock.
0: Genuinely, one of your favourite features at the Curragh, that clock. Time discloses all. So hopefully it is back in place, and looking forward to being back there. Uh, a 215,000 euro yearling purchase. So as you're saying, this is a huge win for Intello, the sire. Uh, tell us a little bit more about him and what you're expecting this season.
1: And Well, this fella is from Intello's first crop. They're, they're three rows, his oldest at the minute, and he's doing quite well. He, he's an interesting sort of profile. He, he's a son of Galileo out of a Danehill mayor, but he swapped around between France and Chivalry Park, and he's back in Chivalry Park at the minute, having spent two seasons in France. So um, he got plenty of support, and, and they're, they're moving along nicely now. He's, he has a few stakes winners amongst them, and this fella... Looks a nice prospect. He's probably the best of his so far. And, um, yeah, he's just a start to keep an eye out for now. Um, He's 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 doing the right thing so far, I think.
0: All right. Uh, we will come back to Chester, but I think it makes more sense to stick down the derby trial route. And on At The Races on Saturday, we saw the Linkfield derby trial, which was won by Night to Behold for Harry Dunlop. Uh, Aidan O'Brien's Kew Gardens was, oh, they were up and down the lines with this one, Kev. Up and down the lines, you could have got four to one during the week. He went off eight to 11, scalded. Uh, to behold, winning by three and a quarter lengths. I presume he will run in the derby. Uh, do you give him any chance?
1: Um, yeah, this, the, it was a funny race. It was a funny race. He kind of he almost pulled his way to the front, and when well, he did pull his way to the front, and they I think they let him off, um, thinking he couldn't possibly. Maintain the gallop he was setting, but he clearly did, and was never really in any great danger. And it was a good performance, you know. He's unexposed. You, he's got a fine pedigree. Um, it's actually it's a it's a it's a smashing pedigree. It's a, it's he's by Cedar Stars. He's out of he's from a family that Neil Jones has had for many a year now. And I, I look back on it there the other day. He bought this horse's grandmother, um, from Ballymacall, about twenty five years ago. And she threw um, Millenary, Let the Lion Roar, you know, and a couple of others as well as this fella's dam. You know, it's a proper staying family.
0: All of um, these famous colours as well.
1: Yeah, you know, slightly quirky at times, but a very good staying family. Hmm. Um, and, you know, this, this fella clearly stays very well too, as well as being a bit, <laughs> bit free going as well. So I wouldn't like to say that he couldn't compete in a derby. Um, he's certainly open to more improvement but you do wonder that if the, the rest of the field had maybe known a bit more about him and respected them a bit more and not let him quite off so far clear as they did, would the result have been a bit different? And I got the impression from Aidan there with Q gardens, he was ruining it a little bit. You know, I think they didn't expect night to behold to do that. And they didn't, he wasn't really on their radar going into the race as one to be afraid of. And, um, and he went and beat them, but agency seem pretty adamant that there will be more to come from Kew Gardens. He's a horse that clear, you know. He showed us a two-year-old that he stays very well, and he'll mm-hmm. stay further than this. And um, he said words to the effect of, "Yeah, you stick with him. You know, I think he'll, I think he'll, he'll do better than he did here and, and represent you well." Okay. So I wouldn't. Those that I know, Jason Weavers has, has has back Q Gardens for the Tarby. So I, I wouldn't give up totally yet. He wouldn't be one for me now. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up making the running in the Derby, but um, I, th- I think there could be more to come from him and, and possibly even he could be a ledger horse too, you know?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, he, he appeals more as a horse for Doncaster than for the Derby, but good luck with that project, the Shark. Uh, to be fair to him, he did lose his left fore shoe, uh, so he did,
1: and he, he, you could see he just edged a bit left, and that that was probably what caused that. Yeah. You know, I think he he's a fairly straightforward, but well, he is a straightforward, honest type of horse now. Let's say pulling the shoe now just didn't help him.
0: No, uh the winner, Mister Jones, the owner, is talking about Royal Ascot, um but with the way he he won there, Harry Dunlop is adamant that he should go to Epsom. So and good luck to them. Why not? Um, yeah, it'll,
1: it'll be You just worry about in though. I like, if he's getting a bit fired up now around Lingfield in mm. a trial, what's he going to be like at Epsom with, you know, 100,000 people there going bananas, you know, very prolonged preliminaries, a mile and a half canter down to the start? Fights you know, left, right, beat. and center. Yeah, fights breaking <laughs> out everywhere. <laughs> We will talk more about that later, I'm sure. But, um, you you just worry with all that, that you know he could get get very fired up in the race, or you know he could have his race run in the prelims. He could be a horse coloured puddle down at the stairs. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that would be a concern. For for, for show, sure, uh, as the kids say. Uh.
0: For show, sure. uh, that is a quote that has served you very well. The uh, horse coloured puddle down at the start. Uh, <laughs> Dermot Weld had a awful season last season, and obviously, from the far more serious perspective, his first jockey Pat Smullen is facing the greatest battle of his life. So get well soon, Pat. Um, Hazapoor came out and won the Stone Stud Derby Trial. There hasn't been. A winner of the Epsom Derby from the Derrinstown Stud Derby Trial since High Chaparral.
1: Yeah, and there was that he was completing three in a row for the race, if I recall correctly. And um, Galileo, High Chaparral, and um, the one in the middle, which was
0: no, it was it was Galileo first, Sindar. Since... Yes, that's right. sin
1: wasn't it? He might he mightn't have been in the middle. It might have went Sindar, Galileo, um, High
0: Chaparral. That's that the one. Too. That's the one. Yeah. So um, it's it. It was obviously the Trends boys' favorite race there for a while, but unfortunately it hasn't quite got the job done recently. Um, He endured a terrible season last year. Uh, There's no two ways of of saying it. There's no point in in messing around with that. It it was a season very much to forget. But that in mind, uh, that means there's a lot of unexposed horses there. Could he be a proper group contender? He's already got a Group 3 on his CV and delano roosevelt and the pentagon were both set a decent standard of form so what did you make of his performance yeah
1: i think he did what dermot expected him to do here didn't he
0: <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at <laughs> oh that tony in Qu- line absolutely brilliant yeah did exactly as we expected
1: yeah, also, um, also, it d- 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 has,
0: has to be said they were up and down the lines here as well 25s into 16s. Nice touch. And you know what? It's a very human reaction
1: that when something unexpected happens, you want to believe that it was a fluke. Um, I don't, I watched this again a couple of times this morning now, and I don't want to be doubting this too much at all. And um, they didn't go a, a bananas gallop by any means, but but Hazapur was was held up, you know, behind the Pentagon. He was racing more freely than the Pentagon, and he, he's picked up very well and, and put them away. Put away Lana Roosevelt, put away the Pentagon. And when you look at him moving, like he, he's got a proper good ground action, so you could forgive him for maybe not jumping out of the ground um last season you know he, he raced exclusively on ground softer than good this was his first time to, to race on a sound surface and the way he moves you you'd you be certain he loves it um so i don't want to doubt this the, the the legitimacy of this result at all um but do you want a quirky little fact well yes. i believe i believe I it's do. a fact i i, I gave this a, a, a bit of a checking there before we started recording and i'm pretty sure it's true and if it's not Someone shout and roar at me. But certainly in Europe, um, Hazapur's sire, Shamerdal, has never sired a Group 1 winner over a man and a half. And Shamerdal has had a heap of good horses. A, a heap of Group I 1 winners. I was just going
0: to say that I would love to see this horse do well because I was such a fan of Shamardal. He was a brilliant horse until injury, unfortunately, curtailed his career. But that's very interesting. I wasn't aware of that. It's mad,
1: isn't it? Yeah, he's. I found. Um, I found one that won a Group Two over a mile and a half, um, and Muckadram ran well over a mile and a half in a Group One one time. But they're like quite. It's a. It's a pretty serious um, old stat like this. This, you know, for for a sire that's had so many good horses, that they're generally kind of milers, ten furlong horses. Hmm. You know, able Friend, Mukadram, Casamento, Blue Point, Luke DeVega, Pakistan Star. You know, they all operate over Shorter. And that is not, of course, not to say that Hazapur can't possibly win a Derby, as some trends boys might conclude from such a stat. But it's just something to bear in mind, that he would be overcoming um, a fairly long-established uh, thing there. You know, it's a bit like Cam- when Camelot won the Guineas, he became the first ever, and I think only ever, um, son of Montju to win a group one. a Group, I think a group race of any description over a mile as a, as a three-year-old or older. That's right. You know, when these things are so strongly established over a long course of time, you know, it, it often isn't just randomness, you know, it's happening for a reason. So Hazapur might have something small to prove there. And look, the fact that he's from, you know, an Aga family with a Derby winner in Harzan right up at the top, you know, out of a De mare, you know, a big influence for stamina. You know, being out of that mare will, will give this fellow I suppose every chance of of being the one for Shamadal to to do it over a mile and a half. But um, it's just interesting. You know, uh, as the man says, it's a, in this in this day and age of uh, alternative facts and fake news. You know, when, when you ha- when you have a factual fact, you know, it's no harm to to, to throw it out there. <laughs> but what I think is
0: a factual fact is probably not factual at all. It's fake news, <laughs> folks. It's fake news. Don't believe it. Uh. That that is very very interesting, Kevin, and it's, I'm glad that you've you've brought that up. Um, in terms of his Derby prospects, this was his seasonal reappearance. You would expect him to come on for this. Um, the statistic that you've mentioned about Shambadal and uh, Group One performances, and then countering that with saying, well, y- you know, um, Camelot did win the 2000 Guineas over a mile, which was the first one for Uh but it does mean that. This is a trend that you wouldn't attribute to someone like Norville, who thankfully isn't around today. Um, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not an annoying statistic. It's, it's, a, it's one that has built up over time and makes a lot of sense. How strongly do you rate his Derby credentials? Uh, despite
1: the, the stats, I actually well, I like this horse. I li- I'm not going to say he was, he was highly up on my radar now after his two-year-old career because he wasn't, but I like his performance. I, I really like the Pentagon. I was disappointed with him. And I think Delaney Roosevelt is a is a real good horse too. And he's put them away fair and square despite, you know, not having race fitness on his side, despite, you know, racing a little bit fresher than ideal. Um and maybe almost certainly he would have preferred more pace on the race. And I know the same could be said for the two Ballydoyle horses, but but he did it fair and square. And I, I would not like to underestimate him at all. And You know, Dermot seems inclined towards the derby. Um, So, yeah, I I wouldn't put that even off. You know, Saxon Warrior is still clear of the pack for me. But if you're looking for an alternative, uh, this fella's all right now. I wouldn't mind him at all.
0: Hmm. Uh, A relation of Harzand, who I will never forgive for beating the mighty (laughs) mighty U.S. Army Ranger and costing me one of my biggest results of all time. That was a heartbreaker. Let me ask you this kevin blake and, and i'm asking this question genuinely um it is a terrible shame what's happened to pat smullen and everybody at atr and connected with the podcast send him our best wishes it was lovely t- to see him tweet the other day um but this horse is owned by the Ag- by the aga can would you think if he goes to the derby and i suspect that that's exactly what he will do that a certain Christoph Sumion could be on board?
1: Hmm. I haven't thought about it too deeply now, but it's suppose it's a chance. I'd imagine Dermot would like to keep Declan on, um, given that he, he's now one on the horse and knows him uh, to one extent or another. But uh, that's... That's absolutely a possibility. It'd be it'd be interesting, it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. So Sumion's always interesting, as we'll talk about later, I'm sure. But um yeah, yeah, that's an interesting prospect now.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love Christoph Sumion. So if he was to ride Hazapur, that would make things very no offense, Declan, you're a fantastic jockey, but if, if Sumion was to get the call, that would be interesting. The two ballied oil horses, Kevin, um Nelson was obviously quite disappointing and he was a short enough price. The Pentagon Ooh, they really went for him. Went off six to five in the end, and Delano Roosevelt. He sets a standard, Kevin. He's got some decent form to his name. Um, what do you make though of both of these horses' efforts? They're not beaten far, but what was the reaction from Aidan O'Brien this morning at Ballydoyle? Were they disappointed? Um, I think you
1: know Aidan was emphasising that you know the pace wasn't all that strong, and that they would have appreciated maybe more pace in the race, and that they they should come forward again you know and, and just a general point with the Ballydoyle horses you know they still haven't got any horses on the grass at Ballydoyle you know in in Aiden's 20 plus years there they've never got to this late in the season and not had the horses on the grass gallops in Ballydoyle you know it's been that been that type of spring
0: and is that so, because of the terrible weather we've endured
1: yeah it's just wet it's just too wet it's just too too heavy um so you know I, i'd expect as much as we've all we've all come to expect, Valley Doyle horses to come forward from run to run, you know that could be potentially even more pronounced this season just because of the 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 you know uniquely terrible spring we've had. Um, and he see he didn't seem too downbeat. I was downbeat about the pen. To be honest, I, I hoped he'd improve leaps and bounds for the Sounder Surface and he did, but he just didn't improve as much as I thought he might. And mm. um, you know, gorgeous, you know, long and fluid moving cold. And um, he was in the back seat there. Um and he didn't have a big excuse on the day. You know, he took a bit a little bit of a grip, but the winner took a, a more of a grip, I thought. Um, so I wouldn't like to be making too many excuses for him. and um, Delano Roosevelt is an interesting horse, I'd say he has a little quirk or two in him. Um, he still gives you the impression of being a bit raw, like he was very, a very raw two-year-old, um, and he still is maybe a small bit raw. But uh, you know, he's had five runs now, so yeah. At some stage, if he keeps shaping like this, you have to say right, he, he's not—he's not raw. He's just a bit tricky. Um, but he'd be the type of horse now that, that I'd imagine they'd—they'd um, they'd ride stone cold in the Derby, and he'd fly home and might be able to get involved for a place. But um, yeah, the Pentagon, I. I'd le- he he could well come forward again now, but I was hoping for more here.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's just one of those things that when you expect a horse to do something and and they don't do it, it's you can't help but just be that slightly disappointed. But we'll we'll see how the rest of his career uh, uh, unfolds. Um, he's definitely a horse that um, I'm very interested in. Um, let's go to the Phillies. so and. Um, the Oracle Finance Cheshire Oaks, which is run in memory of uh, Robert Sangster, the Robert Sangster Memorial Cup, as I said. Chester was his favorite race course and um, a stable he was heavily involved with. Ended up having the 1-2, Ryan Moore choosing to ride Magic Wand, and she's won, and she's won well from Forever Together. Your assessment of the race, Kevin? Um, probably
1: a mucky enough race now. Um, not a high-quality listed race, but a, a big, big step forward. And um, for magic wand, uh, based on her her two previous efforts, so if uh, a sne- a sneakier man might have might have given her a run down the field in the maiden and got a mark of about sixty five <laughs> based on her first three <laughs> runs <laughs> and put up a put up a right sequence of wins, if Mark Preston that's what she would have done. But, um... But no, O'Brien spoiled the party by winning a list of race with her.
0: <laughs> how dare you, Aiden O'Brien? You could have been. How, how dare he? Cleaning up in handicaps. What was he thinking?
1: He could have had a six timer. <laughs> what was he thinking? Um, but yeah, I I quite like the performance. Now you know, Ryan was very aggressive with her early on um, to get the lead, and then dictated and pressed on a long way out, and she was she was never getting beat, and she was pricking her ears and. I got the impression she was waiting in front. You know, I don't think we even saw the very best of her on the day. I thought, you know, through greenness as much as anything, she was just waiting in front. Um, you know, people might look at her head card and say, oh, she carries it a bit high, but I think she was just waiting. And if something got upside her, her, her head would have would have lowered. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, I saw her; had a good look at her this morning. Big scoby filly. You can see why she's one that's taken a big a big leap forward. And um, she, you know, she's improved quite literally the better part of Tree Stone probably in in one start here. So, and um, the potential for more improvement is very obvious. Um, I think she would zip around Epsom just fine. Um, and she, she's interesting. You know, the Oaks pit the Oaks is very much uh, up in the air. I think um, Lati Dare looks a smashing Philly um, mm-hmm. but outside of her, um, Happily is probably not going to go. Now we heard this morning. Uh, um, so, you know, it's a bit, all a bit up in the air. And while she would need to improve, you know, another stone and probably more with it to compete, um, she's clearly on, on, on an upward curve. And th- this was likeable. So, so I wouldn't like to knock her too much.
0: That's a very important piece of information that we need to emphasize. The, you're saying that the third and the 1,000 guineas happily is not going to run in the Oaks.
1: Yeah, but it sounds of it, she might go... Um, I'm operating purely off memory now that she might go for the Irish guineas and then on to uh, the pre Lapra. Ah. the French Oaks, the French Oaks, if you will.
0: Yes, interesting.
1: Um, because he just doesn't seem sure that she'd stay a mile and a half, and doesn't want to examine her over it just yet.
0: What was the update on September?
1: Um, not going to make the Oaks. Um, she put on a small bit of a show today. I'd say she's a fiery enough filly now because she. She's trotting at the minute. She's not cantering. And as Aidan says, she wants to canter, but we're not going to let her just yet. Um, she's not quite right enough, if you know it, and physically mm-hmm. to, to canter yet. So she was trotting and she was just getting a small bit wound up around the place this morning, put on a small bit of a show for for the, the press hordes. But um, yeah, I wouldn't be holding my breath for her just yet. I'd say it'll certainly be um, post epsom Maybe Scott, but I'd say probably not, now. to be honest, reading between the lines.
0: Well, I can't help but notice that a number of bookmakers still have her quoted. So, in the words of the great man, Kevin Blake, cop on to yourselves, lads. Cop on to yourselves. Um, Just with a view to the market, I'm looking at the At The Races site here now. Magic Wand is about 13.0. Okay.
1: Okay, 12 to 1, as they call us
0: it. Yeah, 12, 12 to 1. We can go We can go decimal, we can go fractional, I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind. If you want to go old school, we can. But she's, yeah, she's a general 12 to 1 shot. You can get 14s if you really shop around. She's as short as 9s. Like, looking at the race, Kev. So, Happily isn't going to run. She's also quoted by a number of bookmakers. September's not going to go. Lati Dar does look good, but has only had one run to her name. So... Two two runs. Apologies, apologies. Uh, two runs for John Gosden's filly. Um, I wonder, is she a is she a pretty decent each way bet here?
1: Oh, I I'd want a bigger price. I think
0: I'd want a bigger price,
1: given that she does need to take another big step forward. If you're getting the 14s or 16s, that's not unreasonable, given that you know September is gone and happily is going to be gone as well. Mm. Um, it's maybe not unreasonable but
0: yeah it's not something it's, you're it's excited about bit.
1: though no it's not a race well i'll tell you who he gave a good word to actually just it's, it's unconnected to the trials but he, he gave well technically it is he gave a good shout for our old pal i can fly um i get the impression he does really like her you know and she was i mean we, i didn't get a chance to talk about it on here since the race you know she was disappointing the race didn't pan out perfectly now but i would have hoped she would have shown a lot more than she did but he, he he you won't read it in any the dispatches because he he just gave a one liner on her, um. But I thought it was a, a significant one liner. He said nobody asked about her. I think he just brought her up himself talking about the Oaks. Fittings. He said I can fly is one that'll probably go, and I think she. I'm paraphrasing. I think she could come forward an awful lot for a step up and trip. Um. So I thought that was interesting. And she's a big price again. Um. She's twenty fives everywhere. So, if you and it's pr- look like you say, Emmett, I mean, looking at the race there, um, on the old at the races, at the comparison section there. It's a race that's crying out for a sneaky one.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really uh, is. And
1: I I wouldn't put anyone off going on the search for a sneaky one. And I can fly, I know I could be accused of, of you know, throwing good money after bad, but uh, she might not be the worst option now because it sounds like she's an intended runner.
0: She was bitterly disappointing, though, Kevin.
1: She was. I, I, the race didn't pan out perfectly. I'm just trying to recall off the top of my head um, what exactly it was. I remember. Co- I remember at halfway thinking, Nah. No, I'm not
0: oh yeah, oh, for you oh, today. Oh, it was game mode. Well, she, she
1: was in. The, she was in the wrong
0: part of the track. Anyway yeah, that's other, true. And she
1: she missed the kick a little bit. She was the wrong part of the track, and she didn't get the clearest run. Operating purely from memory now, but that was my recollection? But she was ultimately beaten a long way. You're right. She was disappointing. Um, but um, as we've talked about before that when the likes of um, Aiden O'Brien really like one they might not get it right every day but in the fullness of time will reveal that they were right and, and maybe the Oaks could be the, the occasion that we see it maybe not but look like we're saying it's it's got a wide open look to it it's crying out for a sneaky one and I wouldn't put you off um, the, the R. Kelly horse <laughs> going again <laughs> Uh, and lads i do know r kelly's a bit of a touchy subject there I've, I've been i've been aware of that man's reputation for quite a while actually
0: a bit um, of a touchy subject i played kevin blake and producer d a video of or kelly don't clear your minds don't oh no, i don't, forgot
1: i forgot about that Jesus, don't you
0: yeah. dare have those thoughts all right i'm not referencing that come on now keep it clean it's a family show
1: i I haven't actually seen the documentary about him which i believe is absolutely shocking
0: uh i haven't either but i've yeah i've heard similar things to you but the video is it's on youtube uh he recorded it himself with his with his posse we'll call them and it's called (laughs) real talk and you need to see it you need to watch real talk (laughs) I I strongly suggest that what you do is type in Joe Rogan or Kelly Real Talk and watch himself and Whitney Cummings watching it and their reaction to the video. It is like this guy was a big star and it's disturbing, to say the least.
1: He's a a very strange, skewed man by all accounts, I think.
0: He's a funny, funny fish. Um, Let's get back on track, though, to the Oaks Horses. Could bye-bye baby be an Oaks contender, Kevin Blake, after her success for Aidan O'Brien in the blue in stakes? Um, Possibly.
1: Wouldn't have been top My list now is going to be confronted with very different conditions. Um, One can only imagine uh, at Epsom, the ground was very bad at the um, Very, very bad. And, you know, you look at her form and, you know, her best performances have come on soft ground and, yeah, that that would be that would be a concern for me now. Tell you and
0: the thing
1: even that even think... like the the runner up was, was was quite disappointing for me. Yeah, and Jaga, and I just this is this is more listed slash group tree farm now rather than potentially classic women farm. I think
0: maybe this is a deeply unfair thing for me to say, but the fact that Clear Sky has got as close as she did made me a bit worried. But maybe she was ridden to get that black type.
1: Yeah, look, she's not a bad filly, uh, a mayor even, five year old. Mm. But yeah, yeah, it's, it would. I, it's not form that I came away from thinking. Yeah, So, a classic
0: horse there. Okay, what about at Lingfield in the um, the Oaks trial there, which of course was live on on ATR. We saw perfect clarity, winning for Clive Cox.
1: No, again, didn't really light my fire now. Uh, much like the Cheshire Oaks now. I don't. It, this is in, uh, even. Uh, A race with less depth than the Cheshire Oaks, I think. Um, Fair play to Clive Cox. He's got a got a list to win. This filly, she's unbeaten. She's by Nathaniel. She she will stay well, I'd imagine. And you know, just it's not her fault that there was no great depth to the race. Um, So you could you you could expect her to come forward from it again. But could she come forward enough to go close in an Oaks? That would for me, that would require a, a huge step forward. And um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't see it myself, but um, I'm here to be proven wrong, as the man says.
0: bit of controversy about the going beforehand. Uh, they ended up describing it as good to firm, um, but I, I think afterwards it was officially described as good, good to soft. Uh, it is a race that has produced Oaks winners in the past, but I'd be taking your line there, Kevin Blake. I, I wouldn't exactly be going completely bonkers about that form. Um, we'll touch on the still stood 1,000 guineas trial so, and uh, stay with the Phillies. Jarline's uh, Lines getting a, a big win with Who Steph uh, for Colin Keane. Um, this one by Zophany and uh, three wins in a row now for Who Steph.
1: Yeah, and an important one for Gerr as well, because George Strawbridge bought her um, after her winning season of reappearance at Leopardstown. Um, so that's a, a great set of colors for that any trainer on the planet will be happy to get in their yard. Absolutely. Um, so for to deliver um, at the first time of asking for 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 George is a, is a big result for Jar, and I'm sure he got a, a right kick out of it. Um, I don't think this was a brilliant um, edition of this race. You know, it's not a race that has a, a great history of producing classic winners to be fair, but uh, again, it just looks like solid listed form, really. Um, in the guise of a group three. Um, but, look, she she was in the right spot. She picked up well. She put the race to bed. Um, ship of Dreams uh, took a big step forward here for Joseph. And you could say she was maybe a shade, a shade unlucky on the day. She just had to wait on two occasions there for a run. And she ran on very well when she got it. But, you know, this was, I think the handicappers put her up 11 pounds, you know, so that up to 101. So, you know, that kind of tells you where we are with, with with the with the form level here, and I thought that was harsh. Now I thought she might get a little bit less than that, but um, but there you go. As the man says, uh, just to, sorry, should a hundred and two. She is now. Apologies.
0: To switch back to uh, the jumps, if I dare, for a second. Uh, in, Good our, God. in our In our punches ten review with the legend Robbie McNamara and the legend Harry Derham, I was talking about the fact that Joseph O'Brien finished third in the trainers championship. Obviously, all the talk was about gordon elliott and, and willie mullins um that's some achievement like well over a million in prize money um third in, in the trainers championship and looks set for a good season on the flat as well and this horse ship of dreams owned by Qatar racing so another example of big owners in the yard
1: yeah look look she's got her black type she's group three place and that that's a big result you know, that that's a big result, and we can kick on from here now and try and get some more, but um, having that in the bag now, if if, the, if that was offered at the start of the season, now I think everyone involved would have taken it, um, hand, wrist, elbowed a whole lot, so uh, that's an important job done there, and we'll see what she can do for the rest of the season.
0: Would she go for the Irish 1,000 Guineas?
1: Um, she could go for a Sandringham. Okay, Possib- Possibly. And like I was saying, I thought she might get a little bit less than she got in terms of an increase, but uh, we'll be sitting down and having a chat about that tomorrow. But the the Sandrigan would be an option.
0: All right. So, who, Steph, is going to go for the 1,000 guineas? Uh, Do you give her a chance of winning at the Curra?
1: (sighs) How good will the Irish 1,000 guineas be, I wonder? I think Clemie is going to start back there, but, you know, Aiden couldn't develop.
0: I was just going to ask you that, Kevin. Um, what is the latest on Clemmy? Because obviously she's a hugely important horse in terms of the season going forward. Yeah,
1: look, he, she's going to start back there, but he Aiden couldn't have emphasised any more that she'll go there needing the run, and uh, it'll be used as a stepping stone to Royal Ascot. So, um, that's that. Uh, and look who's Steph, uh, tough filly, you know, keeps winning. You know, and they keep winning. You know, you can't knock them too much. And um, but in terms of bare form, to win a typical Guineas, you know I think she'd need to find a stone, and, and she could find it. But you know, stone is is, is a lot to, is a lot to find uh, for a horse that'll be having the, for a filly that'll be having her fifth run. Mm. So we'll we'll wait and see. Uh, she wouldn't be top of the list for me, but I think she she needs to be supplemented in. And I think they're going to do that. Um, and good luck to them.
0: Yeah, and and they'd have to on the back of of that performance. They really would, to be fair. Um. We're going to talk about some other horses in a couple of minutes, but before we do, we've talked about the Derby trials and we've talked about the Oaks trials. So let's deal with the Oaks first of all. We've already talked about the fact that this is a wide-open market. It sounds as though you were going to go with I Can Fly Again. Um,
1: oh look, it's not a bullish out at this stage, but I think at the price, she'd probably be the one. She seems an intended runner, um, You know, needs to improve enough a lot but seems to be held in very high regard from a powerful team. Um, I liked what she, what she did up until last time, so we'll always forgive one run. Mm. And um, yeah, maybe so. You know, and Look, Lati Dar, I'm not going to put anyone off. You know, I, I really liked what she did to that with both days. Um, but again, it, it's just the case of going fishy-fishy out amongst the outsiders, trying to find a bit of value, and I, I'd go with I Can't Fly.
0: Okay, uh, I think I would go with Magic Wand just because she's won an Oaks trial. Um, and obviously Handel Chester as well the Derby so Saxon Warrior Darby. the Derby uh, Saxon Warrior is now odds on um, I do notice that he's gone very very short with some firms first of all does he deserve to be as short a price as he is um
1: it's close enough close enough it's a tight thing now mm. But, but close enough, I think. Um, he, he's by far the best candidate there. Um, uh, the Derby trials haven't really revealed anything that anyone would be jumping and shouting about just yet. I think. uh the Dante is to come. You know, we'll wait and see if anything comes out of that. But you but, know, I think the, it doesn't the, look the a two, great race, Kev. No, and the two and ascending, like, are very much, very much like. the the bottom of the class really you know he he said that himself like that it just it comes just a little bit too close to the derby for their liking Mm. and that they think it's a tough ask and even the two that are going there he basically said they they're going there to earn their ticket because they're not intended runners at the minute in the derby are
0: they they also going to find out the level of strength and depth of, of the horses in Britain and give themselves an idea of where they stand
1: well, that's the thing. It could be it could be a help in that regard now, but I wouldn't be holding my breath reader up now, you know, not knowing at the moment. I don't have the entries in front of me as to what they might be meeting, but um, if one of those was to win it, I'd think they'd be very happy in Bally Doyle, but I don't think we'd be too happy looking back at the quality of the race, perhaps.
0: So, having seen the Derby trials, uh, with the exception of the Dante, which we're both saying we're not entirely excited about, um, Saxon Warrior is the price he is. I would have no objections if someone says they want to go and get stuck into them. good luck to you if you do. I would be more inclined to try and find something at a bit of a price. Um and I I think I think it's going to be particularly if Christoph Sumio is on board um Dermot Wells horse but for you Hazepoor. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I'd be I'd be inclined towards Hazepoor as well to be honest. Look, I think Saxon Warrior wins. Um I won't be opposing him, but if you wanted an alternative at a bigger price it would be Hazepoor.
0: But right, that's our look back at the significant races over the last few days. Um, before we go, we got to touch on the international action and longchamp, uh, where there was Irish interest, there was British interest, and there was also an awful lot of controversy live on ATR. We'll start with the French 2000 guineas. Um, the ground, Kevin Blake, was a, a huge talking point, a huge subject. And I know that Christophe Sumion, for example got really worked up about it talk to me about this controversy
1: yeah this had been simmering now from the from the first meeting back at, at Paris- longchamp um, as as we probably should get in the habit of calling it um, because Sumian and others weren't happy with the surface um, at the first meeting back there um, and Sumian was expressing concerns about it going into this meeting and they ran the the the, the pool de Poon and uh U.S. Navy flag slipped on the bend, mm. stumbled. It was just the, the riders felt it wasn't that, that it was slippy, basically. And thankfully, there wasn't any carnage, because if U.S. Navy flag had come down where he stumbled, it could have been absolute mayhem. So thankfully, that didn't happen. Uh, it was a very funny race. They seemed to go hard early, And then uh, after U.S. Navy flag stumbled... I, I, sorry, cause just to be was, fair,
0: he, he stumbled very badly.
1: Oh, he did, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and when he did that, like the pace, he was making the run at the time, and it was, the pace slowed up visibly. You know, it was a strange race. And anyway, with all the two and fro and Almeida came out on top for, for Jean Claude Rouget and uh, Christian de Muro. Um, and look, he's a horse that had been beaten a few times. He'd been beaten by Happily um, at Chantilly on, on, on Arc Weekend, and Wooten had beaten him in his trial. But he showed a fine turn of foot here. To be fair to him, uh, by Declaration of War. So this is a, a first crop classic winner for Declaration of War. That's a, a good boost, a big boost for him. Yeah. Um, but you you just wonder about the level of this form. You, you've you've Haygammon there in second for James Tate, a horse that's been around the block many a time. And to be fair, you know he has finished close to some of the to some of the you know not, not quite top horses, but some some high class horses. But you would just be almost and uh, not to be insulting. He would just be a small bit worried about level of the form and he's beating the neck, and and what you know I don't I, it just he pulled his way into the race when it when it steadied up, but I just don't think he's given his running and just unsatisfactory. You know yeah. to 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 wrap it up nice and succinctly. And um, the ground was the huge talking point afterwards. Sumian was going absolutely bananas after the race. He was not happy at all. The jockeys uh, were rearing up, the trainers were rearing up, and they eventually got the, the they switched from from the track that the that the two thousand guineas had been run on, and they switched it out to another track to run the one thousand guineas on, which is pretty unprecedented, I'd say.
0: It's an absolute and, um,
1: mess. It's not good at all. Um, Longchamp, Long are going to have to parry Longchamp, shop are going to have to go to work on that track to sort it out. Um, and the one thousand guineas, to be honest, was another pretty unsatisfactory classic. Mm. Uh, the, the the pace did not seem strong. They finished in a heap. Uh, a few that there was a few unlucky there. You'd think that they came from an awful long way back. Wind chimes, perhaps being one of them, uh, flew home up the outside, um, and a number of others flew home from a long way back. And um, the winner was was T'pal. Uh, for David Simcock, huge winner for David Simcock, and fair play to him. This is Philly's unbeaten now after two. Um, you know, just just re- in the context of a classic, you'd call them low profile wins, um, on uh, you know at Linkfield and Kempton at the back end of last season, um, but this was a big big step forward, a huge win for her sire and Camacho, who is a siren I'm very fond of. Um, uh, big, you know, he's got bigger and better crops coming from the next few years. And he's got a very interesting story to him. <laughs> but you know, that, that, this was a huge one for him, big boost.
0: What's the interesting and, story, um, Kev?
1: Oh, he, he, he was standing in Ireland for, for quite a few years, had a good, but the mayors dried up. Nobody was sending mayors to him. I wrote an article about this, and I'm just quoting off the top of my head, but I think um, he might have got only three or four mayors in his last season in Ireland. And the, the the O'Callaghan's leased him out to England, and it coincided with um, a real upturn in the, the the performance of his progeny, and he, he got he was quite popular in England as a result. And they took him back to Ireland, and he's been very popular since. And this filly would have been from his first crop when he came back to Ireland. He had a big crop that year, and he, he's a half. He's he's a very well bred horse. He's by Day and Hill. He's a uh, oh, I'm operating off memory. He's a half brother to showcasing. Um, you know, so he's got a big pedigree. He was a good sprinter himself. And um, and yeah, look he has got big crops. I I send the mayor to him. I, I I bred I bought a mare in fold to him years ago. And what she threw was a coat that, that ended up being called Master Macho. And I'm just gonna get to, I, there there is a reason for this story. And he was the toughest hardiest two-year-old you've ever come across in your life he wasn't very good he was just an average horse he, he Mick Shannon trained them he ran 21 times as a two-year-old
0: what <laughs> and what? he won
1: once and he was placed a heap of times he was just as 70 horse at best you know but he ran 21 times um he, he was an absolute iron horse and he went off to Macau then and won, won, won a few more races so that's Camacho that's what he throws hard-knocking tough sprinters um, and I used him again last year, but unfortunately lost the mare um, carrying him. So that's the that's the, the horrible side of the breeding game yeah. I made mention of a few, a few weeks ago. And it doesn't always go right, unfortunately. But but Sorry, there you I'm go. That's com- ah, look, there you go. There you go. Such is life. Um, you can't get too down with these things, unfortunately. Um, but that's Camacho. Yeah, big, big win for him. Big win for him. Huge. And I'm I'm happy, I'm happy for him because he's he's a sire that like I say he's been he, he was in the gutter at one stage and he's fought his way back and now he's had a classic winner so that's it and, and this horse nice also story.
0: this horse it's a great story and this horse is also unbeaten so uh, the, yeah the like, is... who knows
1: look I I'm questioning the level of the form it mm. looks like a race that uh, that might not necessarily be 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 upheld going forward but um, she's unbeaten she did what she had to do. Um, so we don't want to knock her too much. She didn't, she did not get the clearest run herself at all. And she showed a good turn of foot to go and win the race. So we won't knock her too much, but uh, I will knock the race. <laughs> she might, she may well prove to indeed be the best Philly in it. But, um, well, it was a I, I mess. Was just, they both, it wasn't, I, I felt it was a mess. I felt they were, they were both quite messy. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I'm very glad that you mentioned wind chimes because I was particularly taken with her run. Um, did you know, Kevin Blake, that she, her dam is a half-sister to the mighty Westphalia?
1: Oh, Jesus, Westphalia. Good God. <laughs> I remember him, Dane Hill Dancer Horse and belly Oh,
0: I did my nuts on him for the 2,000 guineas. A uh, 100, 130,000 euro uh, yearling. Um, she's with Andre Fab, owned by the Coolmore team. Uh, she's interesting. She's a very interesting horse going forward by Master Craftsman. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: She, she was she was one of a number that absolutely flew home. So um, perhaps she could be one that um, will end up in the French Oaks. I suspect she will be, and maybe she could do a little do more there. Uh, mm. But this was this was a good effort in the race that probably didn't go go you know, far. Her really.
0: She holds an entry for the Coronation Stakes at Royal Ascot as well, which is worth mentioning. Uh, okay. And finally, Kevin Blake, US Navy flag taking that stumble. So obviously, obviously, I'm incredibly <laughs> biased here. And uh, you were right. You were right. He didn't run no, in he the ran 2000 well. guineas. Can, can consider no, 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 the stumble, I, I'm, I'm going well. to admit the fact that you were spot on. He did not run in the 2000 guineas. He didn't turn up on the day. Um, what would you say they would do with him next? Is, would it be the Irish 2000 guineas? or, Or would they perhaps look at dropping him back in trip? Because to be fair, He was going well until that that awful incident, which thankfully came out of okay. What was Aiden saying about him today?
1: Um, I don't recall what he said about him, to be honest, off the top of my head. (laughs) Um, I don't recall. I don't know but if he was fantastic mentioned
0: Fantastic, Kevin. Nice nicely done. <laughs> Brilliant
1: information he, 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 may, he may not be mentioned at all now, so that's probably why I don't recall. <laughs> but maybe he was, and I just didn't pay any
0: attention. Okay, so from your... <laughs> I would be amazed if he wasn't mentioned, so you were half asleep there. Uh, if anybody hasn't seen the video of Kevin, Kevin looks really serious uh, doing his, his best Claude Duval impression. And uh, <laughs> Kevin has explained many times in the Final Furlan podcast that what he does at these press days, is he gets right up close to the trainer, and that's exactly what he's doing uh, with Aiden O'Brien. Go on twitter.com, you will find it. Um, put your race planner cap on for me, please, Kevin. The next destination for U.S. Navy flag.
1: Yeah, I'd sprint him, I'd sprint him. I'd go a Cup.
0: All right, Come with Cup. So, for U.S. Navy flag, a dual Group 1 winner last year for Coolmore, and uh, an important one in Warfront in terms of a, a stallion prospect um very briefly i'll mention land force uh, son of no name never three hundred and euro purchase kevin and i were in coolmore last year and got to see him he's an absolute beast and this was an important win for him uh, and he did it well he looks like he could be one of coolmore's better juveniles and keep an eye on him with a view to royal ascot and uh, And speaking of Royal Ascot, I would just give a very quick mention to a horse who I thought ran an absolute stormer in the Victoria Cup. Um, This is a horse that I've mentioned a few times for George Scott. Gilgamesh for the Nearchos family ran an absolute stormer. He won the race on his side, and he would be very, very interesting in the Hunt Cup at Royal Ascot, which Kevin Blake and I will be at. First of all, we'll be in attendance at the Derby and the Oaks uh, for ITV Racing. So we're back in the social stable for that. Looking forward to it. And then uh, we're off to the madness of Royal Ascot. So cannot wait for that, Kevin. Great to be back with the team. And a huge congratulations to them um, for winning a BAFTA. That is absolutely fantastic. They won a BAFTA for their coverage of the 2017 Grand National. And first of all, it's an amazing achievement for itv they were up against some very strong contenders but they're incredibly deserving winners of it but secondly for racing it's huge that our sport gets recognition from the mainstream media and to be given such a prestigious award kevin no oh,
1: that's great it's great yeah nothing more to be said about it but it's great <laughs> All right. um we're very happy for everyone involved now you couldn't you could not be if you if you dealt with them yeah. And um, yeah, onwards and upwards.
0: No, they're a brilliant team. They really are. And uh, absolutely thrilled for all of them to win a BAFTA. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm sure there were a few sore heads this morning. Uh, a number of people have been tweeting about the fact that we haven't talked about a TV show for a while, Kevin Blake, and they're annoyed about it. So I will say that The Good Fight, um, a lot of people watched The Tunnel and really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm delighted that you did. If you're looking for a new show to watch, The Good Fight is a spin off of The Good Wife, and it's better. It is better. It's on CBS All Access, but you can get it on E4 in the UK and Ireland. And um, because it's made by CBS All Access, they can use whatever language they want. And they do. It's an excellent show. It's a legal drama. And I highly, highly recommend that you watch it. Uh, Season two very much deals with the madness of Donald Trump as well. So uh, The Good Fight will be my latest TV recommendation. What are you watching currently, Kevin?
1: nothing i'm absolutely flat out of time for nothing
0: (laughs) that is just ridiculous speaking of being flat out are the rumors true kevin that you came home from itv from chester and were then forced to run in a marathon by producer d
1: it wasn't a marathon it was a 5k
0: (laughs) well that's a marathon for me i can tell you
1: (laughs) i don't know it was a great cause happy to do it um Needed a bit of encouragement to get out of bed now, but yeah, I went and did. It was good. It Ran out with my, with my brother-in-law, Michael, so it, just, it was all good.
0: A bit of encouragement. I say you needed about five Yakult's. Kevin Blake loves Yakult's, by <laughs> the way, in case you don't know. Um, you wouldn't know, actually. i just revealed that piece of information for you. Kevin Blake is addicted to Yakult's. I saw him drink two of them, back-to-back. <laughs> Producer D was not happy. Not happy at all. It's that sugar rush he wants. Um, Darkness into Light is an incredible campaign. Uh, It's all about suicide awareness and um, uh, Fair Play Kevin for taking part in it and Producity as well for that matter and everybody else. Uh, It was great to see so many people running in it and taking part in it and uh, if you ever feel like you need to talk to somebody, talk to someone. Uh, There's nothing wrong uh, with talking to somebody. Uh, That is it. We are done and we're back during the week um, where we will be recording on Thursday and uh until then basically we'll we'll keep it under our hats as to what it is we're going to be covering but really enjoy that kevin it's fantastic to have you back you spent your time in croatia all joking aside about contract negotiations you were over trying to uh, get an autograph with drogon uh, from game of thrones (laughs) so you got to see uh, an awful lot of where they shoot game of thrones but more importantly you got to see a fantastic beautiful country and the videos and the pictures that you put up of Dubrovnik and other areas just looked absolutely sensational. How'd you enjoy the break?
1: Yeah, I, I won't talk too much about it now because I'd go on all day now. But it was it was fantastic. It's a great country. Um, Dubrovnik, the old city, spectacular. Um, after after uh, split uh, out to the islands, Havar and a couple of others up to out to the Blue Cave. Google that. That's unbelievable. Uh, up to uh kikar national park Plitvik national park back down to zadar and no, it was just it was, it was a super 12 days or so now Um, i'm not it was the longest holiday i've taken in 10 years <laughs> literally <laughs> but it was very very good very enjoyable
0: proof once um, again that kevin blake is the hardest working man in racing but it, but it did look well, as though you thoroughly enjoyed it
1: no the weather was great and it was it was just nice it's just it, had a bit of everything now and if you were looking for if you were looking for a long weekend you do Dubrovnik in a long weekend And if you had more time um do a little tour around like that now because Jesus, it's it's some country now the scenery and the history and the buildings and that stop it's something else something else
0: how long is the flight over kevin
1: uh, not long, I think. I was asleep over max, so I don't know exactly how, but I think it might have been two and a half or something like that.
0: Well, that's not too bad. That's not bad at all, actually. No, it's not
1: percent. that far away. Sure, it's only to Italy and a bit further on. Like, it's not yeah. that far away at all.
0: So you could definitely do a long weekend there, then.
1: Hundred percent, yeah. And you'd see three or four days, and you get everything and done in and Dubrovnik. Okay. Um, and that that is tip top now. That is some spot.
0: And another piece of useful information for you for Kevin Blake's Wikipedia page is that he just falls asleep on planes instantly before the plane is even taken off. Boom, he's out like a light. I have no idea how he does it. He just does. It's a fantastic talent. I'm there watching a show on Netflix because I can't sleep on planes, but he's able to do it and I admire him for it. Uh, That is it from us. Thanks so much for the kind words on social media uh, regarding the podcast over the last while um, for Kev's work on ITV. And we are very much looking forward to being back with them uh, for Epsom and for Royal Ascot as well. Uh, some great content on athoraces.com and obviously some very exciting announcements been made recently as well at ATR so you can check those out at Uh We are back with you later in the week for our second podcast and Kevin Blake will indeed be back for that one as well. Until then, from Kevin Blake Good luck! And from me, Emma Kennedy, thanks so much for listening Hope you enjoyed it. We'll chat to you again very soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. God bless! Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.